Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. We are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious nation under God. And together, we will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. And we will make America great again. Well, good evening, fellow patriots and Christians. Welcome to Praying for America. Pro-Life Leader Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. It is great to have you with us. And, uh, you know, we are the body of Christ. We also have our Jewish brothers and sisters who are patriots. I was just at the Turning Point USA uh, conference, and I want to talk a little bit about that uh, tonight. And uh, had some great conversations with some of our Jewish brothers and sisters who were there, uh, patriots, freedom-loving Americans, and uh, obviously you are just as much a part of this America First movement, this MAGA movement, as the rest of us. So welcome to you as well. Brothers and sisters, uh, let's get into the scriptures, and then I want to talk about this uh, conference we just had uh, the last couple of days. Uh, It was in uh, West Palm Beach, and boy, did we hear some powerful teachings and speeches and uh, some, got some action items as well. Actually, we're going to take a few nights to unpack uh, so many of the great things that were shared with us because they were shared for the benefit of the entire movement, not only those who were in the room. There were about 6,000 of us there, but uh, we need uh, 6 million uh, to hear the message and, uh, and, of course, more than that as well. Our movement is uh, very, very many times more large than that and we can all be nourished by what took place. So let's start by going to a scripture that I think is particularly appropriate to much of what the purpose of the conference was and also the action that we were called to. It's from Ephesians 5. We've used this passage multiple times before to lay out our game plan. And let's go to the Word of God here. Paul speaks to us, Ephesians 5 starting in verse 5. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not associate with them. For at one time, You were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. 
Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Let us pray. Father, you call us not only to walk in the light, not only to see the light, but to be the light. To be light in and of ourselves because we have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness by Jesus Christ. But also because we are the light of the world and we must enlighten others on what is true and just and right and righteous. Father, this is the only way we can govern ourselves as a nation. Therefore, keep us rooted in the light, keep us strong in the truth, and keep us active in building your kingdom. We pray through the author of freedom and of light, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You know, this conference that we just came back from, and I, I'm so glad I met so many of you there. Uh, thank you. I mentioned before I went that I was looking forward to seeing some of the viewers of our program. And I did indeed. And I thank you for your encouragement and your feedback and your comments and your assurance of uh, not only being with me on these broadcasts, but of uh, joining together as we all do to uh, continue the mission arm in arm. And uh, it's, really, uh, it's really an encouragement for me at these conferences to meet you. Looking forward to doing more of that as we have uh, other conferences coming up. And, uh, but, but, but really, this scripture has a lot to do with things that were said. You know, one of the most powerful speeches was the, the concluding uh, speech uh, by uh, Steve Bannon. And uh, he talked about, didn't quote this, this scripture, but talked about this theme. We have to expose the darkness, the deep state, the administrative state. That is the biggest challenge uh, to America. That is the biggest threat. And, uh, of course, we look globally. We know the threat uh, from China. That is something that uh, needs uh, to be emphasized more and I think is growing more in the minds and hearts of Americans uh, that this is, a, uh, uh, this is a tremendous threat. But the deep state, the administrative state, the darkness that is going on there must be exposed. This is a cadre of people who are arrogant, who do not believe they are accountable to you and who have their hands on the lever of government, they consider the occupants of the White House, the duly elected presidents representing the will of the people, to be just passing guests. This is the mindset of many in the deep state. They're there for their entire career. They span decades. They see presidencies come and go. They see the power transferring from one uh, party to another. But they don't care because as far as they're concerned, and in many ways it's true, they're the ones holding the power. They're running these agencies. They're overstepping uh, the boundaries of the separation of powers. They care nothing about checks and balances. And they don't care about carrying out the will of the people as expressed through the president that they elect. They just go on on their own agenda, which is a globalist Marxist agenda, and they don't care uh, about America. If you wonder why it's so hard to get things done in Washington, if you wonder why certain uh, uh, policies seem to never change, well, it's very simple. The personnel don't change. So what Steve Bannon said in his speech was, look, and President Trump, of course, said it again, 
in the great speech that he gave on Saturday night. We were there, thousands of us, and uh, said again, we're going to obliterate the deep state. See, he's not going to be, he's not going to be, not that he was uh, uh, swayed by this before either, but he's not going to be have to, having to worry about any kind of re-election. He never looks to please anybody except to do what's good for the American people. But this is going to be like on steroids because it's going to be like, okay, this is my, my, my final term of office. I'm going to do what has to be done. And he's going to be doing it based on the new knowledge that he has and the, 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 the uh, added experience that he has from having done this already and from having learned so much since then about those I mean, we want to talk about somebody who knows the deep state, those that are launching all these persecutions against him. So you want somebody to expose all of this. Who can do it better than President Donald Trump? So he's going to, so Steve talked about the fact that, you know, before, uh, on Inauguration Day 2025, before going to any kind of parades or luncheons or, or anything like that, he says, never mind the, the, the luncheons with the members of Congress. Get into that Oval Office right away and start getting rid of these people in the deep state. Uh, you know, one of the things that uh, and a number of the speakers mentioned this, he's going to implement again, is Schedule F. The people who are working in these administrations should work at the pleasure of the president. It's the president, it's the party he represents, it's the agenda he promised in the campaign that the people are choosing when they elect him and therefore, that's what should be implemented by the people who work in these different offices. If they're not interested in implementing that, or if they have some kind of foreign agenda or some kind of Marxist uh, uh, ideology, out. Get them out. And the, the, the authority of the president to get them out needs to be increased. That's what the Schedule F is about. And, uh, and, and then going back to Steve Bannon, he said, you know, this is going to happen immediately and as forcefully as we have ever seen before. No more uh, playing around, no playing games. This is serious business. For the good of the country, this has got to be done. And uh, furthermore, besides getting rid of bureaucrats, uh, firing them, getting them away from the levers of power, uh, we uh, have, there's another dimension to this that Steve Bannon emphasized strongly, and that is the declassification of documents regarding various assassinations that have happened uh, in, our, in our history and uh, regarding other things, too, that would reveal, not things that shouldn't be revealed, but that would reveal the deep state and, and the machinations of those who do not have the good of the country at heart, or that will cover over even such things as child trafficking, sex trafficking, expose these people. It's St. Paul's words in action here. For it is shameful to mention, he says, the things they do in secret have nothing to do with the fruitless works of darkness, but rather expose them. Now he's talking here not only about sexual immorality, obviously that's a big part of the passage here. He mentions it explicitly. And obviously that's a big part of the works of darkness. And obviously the works of the Democrat Party and the, the deep state. Oh, they love all this, this uh, sexual perversion. But it's not because of sexual perversion in and of itself. It's because of power.
They want power. They are using sexual perversion to gain power over your children, over your family, and over public policy. Their, their lust for power is much greater than their lust for sex. We have to understand this. It's the power, unadulterated power, that they will push right into your face. They don't care about, oh, yeah, but there's a du dual standard of justice in the country. What hypocrisy. They are persuaded zero percent when we point out the hypocrisy and the double standard. They couldn't care less. They're in power, and, and they're not ashamed to, to show forth their power. They'll, they'll show you how hypocritical they are in, 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 in trying to stop President Trump by twisting the law into a pretzel and doing nothing about Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, the Biden crime family. It's about the power. So exposing the light on these people and anyone who had anything to do with corruption of any kind. Paul says it's, it's shameful to even mention the things they do in secret. The corruption of the levers of government, the betrayal of American ideals and principles, the, the ripping up of the U.S. Constitution, metaphorically, the policies, the, the going their own way, disregarding dis, uh, legitimate orders and, and, and uh, responsibilities that they have to carry out the agenda of the people. These are the shameful things they do in silence. And other things regarding the trampling upon human rights and human dignity. All this has to be exposed. So that's, that's part of why we need to have victory in the elections of 2024 and need to choose the people that are most ruthlessly going to root out the deep state. Listen to what President Trump says about that, and you'll know how serious he is. All right, second thing, I want to focus on the straw poll, because this was an aspect of the Turning Point USA uh, uh, conference that was very interesting. By the way, let me just back up a moment. Turning Point Action conference is what this was the last couple of days in West Palm Beach. Now, you know Turning Point USA and Charlie Kirk as essentially a youth movement, and he has the big conferences of, 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 of young people. But this was a conference for everybody. It wasn't simply a youth conference. In fact, most of the attendees who were there uh, were, were, were older than what you would normally expect to see at a, at a, yeah, at a youth conference. And, uh, and that's what this was meant to be. This is the action conference. This was the, 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 the largest and longest action conference that um, Turning Point has had. And, uh, and it was meant for citizens across the age range who are ready for action. It was very action-oriented. In, uh, in another program this week, we'll talk about the five action points that, that Charlie Kirk uh, uh, emphasized at the conclusion of the gathering. But what, uh, so, so and, and, and the participants, there were 6,000, and a substantial number of them uh, uh, participated in the straw poll. So I want to share with you the results of the straw poll. Now, this was uh, managed by the Trafalgar Group, a respected uh, polling company. And let's look at the results. 
Who do you want to be the Republican nominee? President Trump, unsurprisingly, won that straw poll by 87.5%. Not just a 51% margin, 87.5%. The sentiment was very, very strong among the participants. Uh, being pro-Trump, you could tell by the, by, the, by the clothes and the hats that they were wearing. You can tell by the cheering uh, done in the various sessions uh, in response to uh, the speakers. You could tell by the, uh, the cold um, reception that uh, some of the other candidates got, particularly Governor Asa Hutchinson, who was booed uh, as he was on the stage. Uh, Ron DeSantis didn't even come because uh, he uh, knew full well that he was stepping into unfriendly uh, territory with all that strong Trump support. Um, and, that, and by the way, this means, as you well know, being pro-Trump does not uh, mean that you're anti-DeSantis. Uh, it means that if he's going to run for president, you would prefer that he do it the next time and uh, that you're not going to vote for him. But um, there were other candidates that, there that did speak. Vivek, Vivek Ramaswamy did well. Uh, Mayor Francis Suarez was there. Uh, but you uh, had, uh, besides Governor DeSantis, who was not there, also uh, Mike Pence and uh, Tim Scott and Nikki Haley, uh, were not there as well, uh, uh, despite having been uh, invited. So what were the results here? So 87.5% for President Trump. Perry Johnson was all, also there. Interestingly, he garnered 7.8%. Um, and Ron DeSantis, 4.3%. The um, second preference... When asked, in other words, if President Trump is not or were not in this race, who would your preference be for Republican nominee? The one who got the, 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 the highest number of votes, that is half of the respondents, was Vivek, Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, he was there at the conference. He was swarmed by attendees. He's very articulate, as you know. And, and I'll tell you what one, and I think I spoke about this the other night, one of the secrets of his success has been, A, he doesn't attack President Trump. What he does instead is he attacks the things President Trump attacks. He shows himself to be, in other words, right in the same line of fires that President Trump has. Who are the targets uh, for Vivek? The same targets that President Trump has. Not President Trump. And in that way, he is resonating with the voters, especially because in articulating what those targets are and how we have to go after them, starting with the deep state and, and, and all the other problems that we face, he's very articulate about it. And he tries to, to articulate policies and does articulate policies, very specific, and tries to show that, hey, listen, I'm going in the direction President Trump has led us uh, for all these years. Second choice, besides Vivek, who, uh, uh, who, well, of course, people who didn't choose President Trump as their first choice, 21% uh, of them named him as their second choice. And 13.5%, 13, 13 uh, chose uh, DeSantis. Okay. What about vice president? Who would the attendees at this conference choose as the vice presidential running mate? 
30% said Cary Lake. 24% said, and he was there and spoke at the conference, and, and I've known him from before he entered Congress, Representative Byron Donalds from here in Florida. 22% Vivek Ramaswamy. So uh, these are the dynamics that you see happening now among the, uh, the conservatives. Charlie Kirk says that this conference uh, does reflect the pulse of the grassroots. I can agree with that, having uh, uh, interacted with so many uh, of, these, uh, of these individuals and people like them in their own communities uh, all across this uh, country. There were, interestingly, in the, in the exhibit hall, those of you who were there may have written some of these notes, there were cardboard cutouts of the faces of the key contenders for the Republican nomination and 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 at, across the top it said say what you want and you could put a sticky note right onto their faces saying what you want to say to them or about them some very interesting comments of course of of support but also of derision for a lot of the less favorable candidates there were some other questions asked in this strong straw poll that i want to um, bring out as well excuse me the trafalgar poll showed that when it comes to U.S. involvement in the war with Ukraine, and it's hard to get any higher than this, opposition to that was at 95%. And a lot of this is, first of all, obviously, in the new Republican Party, in the MAGA movement, we don't want to get involved in endless wars, and President Trump is the one who has kept us out of wars, unlike the other presidents, out of conflicts. He has brought our troops home safely, not leaving them dead like the Biden administration does, leaving them behind in other countries with disastrous and embarrassing uh, withdrawals. That they are so deluded that they call successes. And it's a reflection, too, of the awareness of the problems we have domestically, particularly the border, who most of these respondents said was the most important issue facing America because, as President Trump says, if you don't have a border, you don't have a country. And that open border brings so many more other problems into the country, the drugs, the trafficking, the terrorists. So, yeah. When you have these problems at a boiling point domestically, that adds to, doesn't account for 100% of it, but that adds to the, the conviction that, no, 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 we don't need to get involved in these overseas uh, conflicts. We need to fix things here at home. It's part of what an America First policy means. There was a sentiment too, a strong sentiment of excitement about the August debates. The primary debate is in fact coming up August 23rd. I've shared with you the reflections of Dick Morris that I agree with too, that and many others do, that President Trump should not uh, participate in the, the August debate. Now many will say, well, well, well you know, why not? Because this is a, this is a, a, a key aspect of, of, of primaries. You've got to let the voters know what you what you think, well, of course you do. But he does that. Nobody does it more. He has the rallies that get immense participation and viewership. He's got his social media. He's got his, his, 
his policy videos coming out all the time, and I hope you're watching them over at DonaldJTrump.com. So it's not at all like he's not letting the viewers know what he thinks. He does countless uh, uh, appearances. He's not afraid to go on. Remember the even the CNN audience, the town hall, that was very, very uh, beneficial for him and not so beneficial for CNN itself. Although with the, the viewership, obviously, but then the, the president got fired. The, the, the point is, it's not like President Trump is hiding. And nobody in their right mind is going to th- say, oh, but he's afraid to, to, to respond to the others. It's not that either. The question is, this is a political race. What political benefit is there for him with the immense historic lead that he has? Some would say insurmountable lead at this point. Many would say, look, the primary is, is, has been decided already. Let's get on with the work of focusing on uh, the, 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 the election apparatus and the problems of the deep state. And Steve Bannon, in his final speech, by the way, made that point as well. He said, look, we've got major problems here. We're at a major crossroads in America. Wouldn't it be a good idea to wrap this primary up and say, look, we have got to focus on targeting the deep state, getting ready to fire those that are not doing the business of America, and getting our election apparatus working. Because, friends, it's not simply about the votes, it's about the ballots. It's about the paper that's going to be counted and making sure that that accurately reflects the votes. It's the ballots. When you think votes, think ballots. And this is what we have to preserve and this is what we have to win on. And that means the apparatus, particularly in the key states, and we'll go into this in, in a later program, the key states we zeroed in on in the, in the different uh, analyses and speeches that were given, are simply three. Arizona, Wisconsin, and Georgia. You want to focus on three states for winning the presidential race in 2024. Arizona, Wisconsin, and Georgia. Every state's important. I'm talking to an audience that lives in all 50 of them. We have to work in every one of them. But you want to say, where's this going to swing on? It's that. And making sure, notice what I'm saying. It's not primarily even anymore a question of, uh, well, let's get the message out there. Let's persuade the voters. Let's have the best candidate. The best candidate? They elected John Fetterman in Pennsylvania and Joe Biden for the White House. So it's obviously not the quality of the candidate that's, 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 that's driving things now with these elections. And we'll talk about that in another program, too. It's the ballots. So what I'm saying is, like I said, we'll go into this more later on. But shouldn't this be the focus of our time and energy? So a lot of people are saying, look, President Trump effectively, for all practical purposes, has won this primary. So the idea of him going and just taking attacks from however many others are going to be on the stage is not politically uh, a waste of time politically. In fact, what I think he should do and what Dick Morris is advising him to do and probably a lot of others, is, that, is when the, when the uh, other Republican candidates are having this debate uh, run by the RNC. And by the way, 
it would be one thing to say, I'm going to debate the other candidates. It's quite another thing to say, I'm going to debate the Fox News anchor. Why should he go there and debate the, the, the media? And with Fox News, a media that, again, Steve Bannon spent a, 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 a lot of time at the beginning of his speech pointing this out, with a media outlet that has, that has turned on him and in many ways has turned on, on, uh, on the country. Why should he engage in that ridiculous uh, exercise? Debating the moderator, like he had to do in, in, uh, in previous campaigns. Get your message out. So I think while they're having that, he goes ahead and has a rally. He goes ahead and has a rally, and you know what will get more ratings? You know what will get more viewers? The Trump rally. And people will hear his message loud and clear. Okay, so finally, a few other things from the straw poll. 66% of the um, respondents, the thousands of respondents at this conservative conference, said they did not trust the RNC to get voters to the polls in 2024. Now, I told you in one of the previous programs, they did announce the bank the vote effort. And, and this is good. Uh, get the vote out, get it out early, strengthen the apparatus for getting the ballots. But the RNC does not enjoy the trust of the people in the conservative movement. 77% say they don't plan to donate to the RNC. Well, okay. Donate to the candidates. Donate to the campaigns. Donate to groups like ours where we, we are training people on the ground. We're going to be getting, for example, churches to put the, where it's legal uh, to, to help collect the ballots. Uh, from their people and get them in. Again, it's about maximizing the ballots. And when it comes to this, these mechanisms, final statistic from this poll, early voting and vote banking, all the different legal constitutional methods that we're going to put our foot, feet on the gas and use better than the Democrats use without the cheating, 90%. 90%. Favor that. This is big. President Trump talks about the ideal, and don't let people get this confused. You hear him talking in his speeches about the ideal that we want. Voting on one day in person with paper ballots. But we're not anywhere near that point. There's only one way to get to that point, and that is to win the upcoming elections so that we can change the, and winning them, not just on the federal level, because it's the states that control elections, winning these elections on the state level, up and down the ticket, and then we can introduce the kind of election reform that we believe is best for America. We can't insist on that now, because then the other side gets ahead with all the different ways that they collect ballots, and we got to try to make up for it on, in one day. That doesn't work. Everybody, yes, one day, election day voting in person with paper ballots, that works for us if everybody's doing that. That's the point. But everybody's not going to be doing that as long as we have all these other processes legally in motion, plus a, a corrupt party that cheats like crazy. So you got to root out that corruption, you got to introduce reforms, you got to get the policies all to be on the same page before you can say that's the only, you can say that's going to be our ideal, but you can't say right now that's the only method we're going to use because otherwise the other side outballots our own candidates. Okay, those are my reflections. Again, it was great to see so many of you there. 
uh, at the Turning Point Action Conference. Thank you for the encouragement uh, for me, for my work, for this program. Thanks for all that you do. We pray for each other. We go on together towards victory. Uh, tune in each night to Praying for America. We're going to go into some of the other things that were uh, said and that were recommended to us for action items for victory for the candidates who know how to defend America, how to defend our faith and our values and our freedom, how to defend the sacred gift of human life, how to defend you and me. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the gathering that took place these last couple of days. Thank you for the people. Thank you for the energy. Thank you for the uh, content, the, uh, the information, the direction, the guidance, the inspiration. We expose the darkness, Lord. We raise up the standard of freedom. We do what our founders did. And we pledge our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor to advancing this great cause. And we pray in the words that Jesus gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thanks, friends. Great to be with you. Follow me at FR Frank Pavone on social media, FR Frank Pavone on all the major platforms. Thanks to Right Side Broadcasting Network and uh, all of you who spread this program. We will talk to you soon. God bless. Hello, this is Father David Begany, one of the many members of Priests for Life. This organization is one of the largest and most visible pro-life ministries in the world. Priest, the Priests for Life team relies on your financial support to be able to do its work, produce its programs, and travel the world to advocate for the unborn. May I ask you to support Priests for Life generously? Go today to prolifegift.org and give us as generous a gift as you can. Thank you for your kindness and be assured of our prayers for you every day. Priests for Life, saving lives for over 30 years. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.